It's your captain speaking. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jacob. And today we'll be going over a couple of star running backs, Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon, kind of in different situations here, but we'll be discussing both of them. Got our games to watch this week. Uh, are the Titans as good as what we saw last night? Cam Newton's back at practice Thursday night. How does that impact the Patriots? And it might not seem important, but Jamison Crowder is on the trade block. What contenders could make the move for him? Then we'll go over our top fantasy players this week. And then we'll close it out, giving you a preview for our next recording. Jets released Le'Veon Bell this week. Where do you think he's going? Uh, I saw a couple rumors earlier today that the Chiefs were the uh, front runners for him, but... Personally, I'd like to see him with uh, Arizona, I think, pairing him with Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and uh, like the core of DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. I think that could really change that offense since Kenyon Drake hasn't really worked out for them. But the Chiefs do also make a lot of sense to have someone kind of split the uh, workload with Clyde and have a different kind of one-two punch rather than putting all that pressure on a rookie to perform every week out of the backfield. Who you got? I could be a great signing for the Bills. Singletary has been a decent back for them, but he hasn't quite fit the offense that they're looking for. And we saw them do it with Frank Gore a couple years ago. We saw them take in that old running back and hope he was a star. I don't think Frank Gore worked the same way that they'd hope that Le'Veon works in their offense, but since they're contending this year, I could see them going after him. They also had LeSean McCoy in that backfield, though, so they try to try to add that one-two punch, and then they cut Shady halfway through the year, so, I mean, didn't really work out for either of them. We'll see if they try it again, though. So where do the Jets go from here? Well, they can't go down anymore for one, but I just want to know what they're doing in that franchise they uh, they hired Adam Gase a couple years ago who was notably not a good head coach in Miami look at what Brian Tannehill did after he left Kenyon Drake went to the Cardinals last year finished out that year great but as soon as Gase comes into the Jets it looks like Darnold has no potential anymore they get Le'Veon Bell he doesn't know how to use him and it's really all just gone straight downhill even though I didn't think the Jets could go more downhill before they hired Adam Gase. And really, if you think back to 2016 when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick there, the one thing everybody thought they were missing was a quarterback. And they tried on Darnold, but then for some reason they brought in Adam Gase when there was a lot of better coaching options there. Like they could have brought in Kansas City's offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who has been really working well with Mahomes since he's been the OC there, but the Jets brought in a guy that really held back talent and talent development in Miami, and I just don't understand why they went after Gase when they had so many other options, and now they've just wasted Le'Veon Bell. They're wasting Sam Darnold. Who knows who else is going to be added to that list by the time Gase is done there. And you see the Dolphins this year. They've, uh, they've really improved without Adam Gase. Yeah, without Gase, they have really improved. If you think, like, for the circumstances they have, what Gase really left them with last year, like, it's a horrible situation for the Jets that the Dolphins were in 
but it shows that if you get the right people after Gase that you can really move forward in a good way, and I think the Jets need to move on from Gase before they hired him, but I think they should probably get rid of him after this season at best. Or right now, well, do what the Texans did. You saw that. How they I mean, is there really week? a point? I mean, if the next GM doesn't want Sam Darnold, at least they can get Trevor Lawrence if they go 0-16 this year. Sam Darnold is talented. He's he's being held back by Adam Gase, you just said. He is talented, but you have to think a new GM, if they come in, they get rid of Gase. If they want to clean house, you have to think Darnold's probably going to be one of the first one to go if they want to go completely resetting. And if that GM, because of what he's seen with Gase there, doesn't think Darnold's their guy, then I think they'll get Trevor. And plus, if you have the number one pick... You have it for a reason. It's going to be hard to pass up on Trevor Lawrence. They have so many other needs, though. Why would you go quarterback when you already have a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold? I mean, the Dolphins went quarterback this year when they had Rosen there, who didn't hasn't gotten a fair opportunity, and they did have needs, but you can fill needs in free agency more than the draft, and I think the Jets – if they get the right people in there, they can get people to New York. It's just they don't have the right people. Staying on the topics of the garbage fire that is the Jets, we saw Jamison Crowder go on the trade block earlier this week. What teams could you see him going to? Uh, Well, if you look at Crowder, he's actually a really, really talented receiver that's kind of blocked up in that Jets offense with Flacco and Darnold in Adam Gase's offense, he's put up at least seven catches in 100 yards in the three games he's played this year. And if it wasn't for being hurt for two weeks, he could very well be leading the league in receiving yards right now. So if I'm a contender, I'm really looking to see what the Jets are asking for him. Like the Packers, if you throw a slot wide receiver in there with Lazard and Devontae Adams on the outside, I think that that could be a position that really works well for them because they have a lot of physical receivers, but if they get that smaller guy like their Randall Cobb that Rodgers used to throw to all the time and when their offense was at its peak, I think that Crowder could fit in really well there. I also think obviously the Eagles need any wide receivers and they still have a chance in that division, so I think that Crowder going to the Eagles could also be a pretty good move for them too. Hopping over to the AFC West now. Melvin Gordon got caught going a little too fast and was a little too tipsy. What impact does that have on the Broncos' backfield? Well, they don't have uh, Lightning McQueen back there anymore, so they're going to have to uh, lean on Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, which, I mean, they've leaned on that in the past, but now they're way worse. And Lindsay's coming off an injury. And they're pacing one of the best rush defenses in the uh, in the league this upcoming week against the Patriots. So I really think that they really could be in trouble. Melvin's kind of an idiot, so there's that. What do you expect from a Wisconsin guy? When do you think he'll be on the field again? <laughs> Whenever he sobers up. But realistically speaking, I saw that the league could suspend him for uh, two or three games. And then there could be more discipline on top of that by the Broncos. So if you have them on your fantasy team, don't be expecting Melvin anytime soon. Speaking of the Patriots, Cam Newton back at practice this Thursday. How much does it help the Patriots to have Cam back? 
Well, having your starting quarterback, who's really the leader of your team now because of how much turnover the Patriots had, really showed that game against the Chiefs not having him, like, the impact that Cam has, not only on the offense, because they put up six points, but, like, in general, like, Cam is a really good leader on the field, so I just think that without him, their whole team wasn't flowing, because they did fine defensively, but at the end of the game, when they really could have been in striking position, they needed that leader to come in and tell them, like, to get them on board with they can win that game, and I just don't think Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham were really bringing that factor that Cam usually brings. Speaking of, team that beat the Patriots in the postseason last year, Tennessee Titans. Are the Bills overrated or the Titans underrated? Titans are underrated easily. I don't know how you can underrate a team that beat the Patriots and the reigning MVP in the playoffs and almost knocked off the former MVP in Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how, when they don't lose anything really, I don't know how they can come into a season and you can underrate that team, but it seems like a lot of people did, and a lot of people weren't expecting the Titans at this point in the season to be undefeated, but here they are. And even yesterday when they didn't have two of their top three receivers and Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys, they did get A.J. Brown back, but they still came in, knocked off the Bills, who the Bills have beaten a couple of real good teams this year in the Raiders and the Rams. So, I mean, I think the Titans are severely underrated, but I think after this past week, they have some big games coming up here, so I think that people are going to see how good the Titans are in these next couple weeks. Are the Titans as good as we saw last night, beating that undefeated Bills team? I think so. I mean, how can you say any different from last year, what they did in the playoffs, to come in this year? Because it seems like ever since Tannehill has been their quarterback, they've been this type of team. Because Marcus Mariota last year was their quarterback for about half the season, and they started out, if I remember, like 0-4 or something like that, and then... Tannehill comes in, leads him to the playoffs, leads him to the AFC Championship game, and now they're undefeated. I feel like a lot of us shouldn't be surprised, but we are because Tannehill doesn't seem like that type of quarterback, and the Titans don't seem like that kind of team when you look at their roster, but really it's just they're really well coached, and they're just a really good football team. I think the Titans are good, but we have to remember they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. They've known that they were going to play the Bills since their last game got canceled. While the Bills had to prepare for the Chiefs and the Titans because they knew that they were playing one of the two, but they didn't know which one until Monday. The Titans weren't able to go to their facility, though, before two days before the game. Coaching staff could still look at film and tell the players what they needed. Okay, but it's very difficult to put in a game plan two days and not even knowing who you're going to have playing for you that's really difficult to go through and I mean they didn't even think know if they were going to play the game up until they had no negative tests and I just think that both teams were in the same situation really like I I'm not giving the Bills a pass on that because they could have been easily preparing for the Titans and they got absolutely blown out so I don't. I really just think the Titans are a really good team. 
I'm not giving the Bills a pass on that. I still think the Titans are a better team than them. I think it's just that they aren't as good as we saw last night because of the time they had to prepare. Until someone proves me otherwise, I mean, and shows that the Titans aren't as good as because, I mean, look at their last, they're undefeated going back to the, like, not undefeated, but their one loss going back to the playoffs last year was the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So, until, and they just beat another undefeated team. So, until a team prove, goes and beats them, I don't know how you can really say that they're not that good. Of, like, you're not saying that they're not that good of a team, but I think they are as good as they showed last night. And I think that when they're playing their top football, that that's the team they can be. We'll see you against the Steelers in two weeks for sure. Moving ahead in the schedule to next week's game, what's uh, one game you're really looking forward to this week? I think that Chiefs-Bills game is going to be a great one. After this game, one of these two teams is going to be on a two-game losing streak. Hold up, you're going to tell me you don't want to go and watch that uh, Adam Gase revenge game? You don't want to watch that Jets-Dolphins game? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. Hey, speak for yourself. But my uh, my game to watch this week is going to be the Browns and Steelers. Browns coming in at 4-1, and one, Steelers coming in at... 4-0. That division at the top is like insane right now. You got the Steelers leading it at 4-0 and you got the Ravens and the Browns at 4-1 and and that division is going to be anyone's game really and that's really important stepping stone especially for the Browns in my opinion. If the Browns can get that win and start out 2-1 and with their only loss being to the Ravens in that division I think it's a huge step forward for the Browns who haven't been this relevant and God knows how long, so they're finally living up to their hype, and I think that now this is really a time to prove it with the number one defense in the league coming against your offense. So, I mean, without Nick Chubb, it's going to be tough, but I think the Browns can get it done. Going from our top games to our top fantasy players for this week, who's your top fantasy player this week? Anyone on the Cardinals, but it's got to be D-Hop for me going against that Cowboys secondary. I mean, Trevon Diggs has shown some bright spots in that Cowboys secondary, but if they don't get back Awuze this week, I've seen that they could be getting Leighton Van Der Esch, Chidobe Awuze, and Randy Gregory all back this week, but that doesn't really matter when it's DeAndre Hopkins and that Cardinals offense for one, but I just think that especially if they don't get him back, Hopkins should be a lock for at least 20 points PPR or no PPR. Actually, that's my guarantee. DeAndre Hopkins, 20 points no matter what. I think Derrick Henry will go off this week, playing that Texans defense that Dalvin Cook ran all over two weeks ago. Yeah, Henry will be a good play this week. Looking forward to all these games next week. We actually have a special recording for you on Saturday this week with a couple guests, so look forward to that. And uh, that's Captain Kenny signing off for the day. Have a great rest of your day.